by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Let's give a, a wonderful passion welcome to our friends from Saving Grace. Good morning. Um, so my name is Brandy. I am the program director of the Saving Grace Mississippi Home, um, and we're excited to be here today um, to share what the uh, what God is doing in the lives of our students at Saving Grace. Uh, with me today are some amazing testimonies of God's redeeming love and restoration. Each one of us has a unique story, but they all ultimately reflect um, a transformation of darkness into light and hopeless into hopeful. And unfortunately, addiction is at all all time high in our nation, where residential care is needed. Saving Grace offers a well developed, multi phase, long term Christian discipleship training program for adult men and women. We also have a men's home called Project Hope. Um, our mission is to reach those lost in addiction and help them find freedom in Christ. The students' curriculum includes recovery classes, group and individual counseling vocational training, and job placement upon completion. And at this time, we're going to share our short video. Addiction has been described as a global humanitarian crisis. We're just tired. We're tired of losing our brothers. Tired of losing our sisters. Fentanyl overdoses increasing in Montgomery County is alarming. This past year, I think we're up about 280 um, people a day are dying from overdoses. Offering some drug awareness or, or, or behavior modification. So, so what we're offering is, is the solution, and that solution is Jesus. We're a 12-month discipleship program that helps men come out of addiction and other destructive lifestyles by pointing them in the direction of Jesus Christ. That's really what our goal here is, to see our men and women have an opportunity to walk in right relationship with Jesus. I've seen people get set free. I've seen people get healed. I've seen people get restored and completely free. We always want them to seek the Lord first thing when they wake up, where they have Proverbs, praise and worship, chapel services. They are getting filled with the Word. We hand make all of this woodwork with our CNC machine. We hand paint it, stain it, sand it, then it's ready to be sold at the storefront. And this is ultimately what funds our entire program. My heart is that, that they can find some type of freedom through their craftsmanship, through their time in the program, putting their hand to the plow, so to speak. People get clean and sober uh, just by abstaining. Uh, but what I want and, and what I have is freedom. Our goal is to equip students with basic biblical instruction. And what we use is the Teen Challenge curriculum, Group Studies for New Christians. And also we use the Personal Studies for New Christians. And these books are going to help students with basic recovery tools as well to teach practical life instruction, to provide spiritual counsel, 
and to help them in their recovery. All the while, our big main point is to reach the lost and to equip these students for their calling that they have in Christ. Sadly, more and more people are personally being affected by the, by the drug epidemic in one way or another. The reality is addiction has devastated our world for years, and we need divine intervention and the truth of God's word to make a true impact. Reality is the average age for the first time marijuana use is 14 years old. Reality is one in five inmates in the U.S. are incarcerated for drugs. Reality is 2.5 million Americans die annually from a drug or alcohol overdose. And reality is the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Do you want to know what reality is? Reality is thinking that your worth lies on other people only to wake up feeling more and more worthless every day. Reality is um, being so used to heartbreak and betrayal that sadness seems normal and happiness is scary. And reality is being so selfish that your decisions lead you to be away from your children for a year. How do I know that's reality? Because that's me. Do you know what reality is? Reality is having a complete breakdown, isolating yourself for years, which led to multiple hospitalizations. Reality is having an eight-year prison sentence hanging over your head. And reality is having your husband beat you so severely, frame you for something that you didn't do, and have you facing 30 years in prison. Do you know how I know that's reality? Because that was me. Do you want to know what reality is? Reality is waking up in the ICU after an accidental drug overdose. And reality is lying to the ones you love about your addiction and drugs taking your family captive. And reality is staying in another abusive relationship just trying to fill the hole that was in your heart. Do you know how I know that was reality? Because that was me. So even though we all have different realities, we've all been saved and changed by the same truth. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 states that if any man be born again, he is a new creation. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And the truth is, I don't even know who that girl is anymore. The truth is, is that um, my worth is found in Jesus, and he said it is far more precious than rubies. And the truth is, is that he was my portion when there wasn't enough. And the truth is, is that I have been chosen and set apart so that I could find out who I am in him as well as an individual. My stand on scripture is Jeremiah 118. Today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. And the truth is, God loved me enough to restore me to a complete sound mind. And the truth is, God paved the way to saving grace so that I'm no longer facing that eight years. And the truth is, God gave the judge the wisdom to see the truth that day, and I was sent home free. And my um, stand-up scripture is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Truth is, I was saved for a purpose. And truth is, I am now set free. My family's generational curses are now being broken. And truth is, the only relationship I ever really needed is the relationship I now have with Jesus Christ. And my stand on scripture is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I tell you the truth, if you, do not, if you are not born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the, and truth, the truth shall, shall set you free. free. And so now we're going to go into our testimony um, part of our presentation. Uh, Jennifer is um, the oldest student in our program, and she graduates on November 14th. Thank you. So my name is Jennifer. I am 36. I was born in Picayune, Mississippi. Um, I have three beautiful daughters. Um, I came into Saving Grace with um, an identity crisis. So I had been in a relationship with my now husband for since we were 14 and um, was way too young to get with in a relationship. But anyways, here we are. So um, whenever that relationship came to an end, you know, I, I was just like, what do I do? I didn't know who I was, you know, like, who am I if I'm not a wife, um, a mother, an employee, um, just everything but a child of God, really. And um, so in 2012, I had acquired a back injury, and I was prescribed painkillers. And whenever it was time for me to come off of them, I realized that I was in full-blown addiction. It didn't matter uh, by any means necessary. I was going to have medication. And it really sucked because, I, you know, I was functioning. I didn't think I was affecting my children negatively. I'm like, you know, I'm going to work. I'm paying bills. I'm, I'm doing all this. Um, but in the meantime, they were struggling. I, I didn't even see it. You know, I just, it was really so such a selfish thing addiction is because I'm just, always like me, 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 what about what I'm going through? What about what I'm losing? What about all the people I'm losing? And so I guess the craziest thing about it is, you know, you, even when you're in addiction, you pray, you know, like, Lord, take this cup from me and, you know, whatever. But even when he was parting the sea for me, I didn't see that, you know, I didn't care because I wanted that sea parted, but I wanted it to be how I wanted it. By the time I got to Saving Grace, I have buried my child, one of my children. Um, my mom was murdered by one of my siblings. Um, I lost so much. Thank God I still have my kids through all of this, but, um, you know, I'm still feeling worthless because throughout the years, like, you know, my parents were in addiction too, so it's kind of like, um, why are they choosing this over me? Why is all this instability? There was so much insecurity. It was just a scary place to grow up. And um, so, you know, then you're like, well, I guess I'm not worth it. And then you, you get into a relationship and, and you're wanting to be this best friend and companionship. And this is going to be it. He, I'm going to love him. He's going to love me. This is what I've been looking for. Um, but really the whole time, I, w I remember talking to my sister and I'm like, my soul is so restless. <laughs> you know, like I just, I don't know what to do. I, I have, you know, love. I'm not, I'm not doing anything different, but I'm lonely, I'm, I'm sad, I'm broken. I was defeated because what happened was even though I wanted God to be my life, 
and I would pray for that. I was like, but you know, not today because today I want to do this. And if I do this, then I can't, you know what I mean? Like if I follow you, I can't do this. And that's just not what I'm trying to do today. But I got you tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm yours. Today I'm, I'm mine. And, uh, you know, the devil will take you real fast. And so I ended up hanging out with the wrong people. Um, needless to say, everybody that I thought was my friends, you know, they are dead now. They're gone. And I've been clean off of pills for two years. Um, thank God, because, you know, when I decided I was going to get sober off of pills, that's when fentanyl started hitting the streets in my area, pretty heavy, like, and, um, and that's what happened to everybody that, that was my friend, you know, and, um, so anyways, since I came to Saving Grace, and I decided I was going to put God first, like, have a sound mind, you know, I, um, when my when my son passed away, I um, was so broken, and, and, I, and I don't ever know if I really dealt with it or if I just, like, shoved it down and I tell myself I'm dealing with it, but I know that I carried a lot of guilt um, for the fact that, you know, he died in his sleep, and I had woke up that night, and when they told me what his time of death was, I was falling back asleep, and my child was dying, actively dying, so... It took me a long time to come to terms with that. I've actually only been okay with that for a couple of months now. But um, I have peace, you know. Like, I, I'll always have that pain, and I'll always miss that, and I'll always wonder. But it's heartbreaking. You just never think you're going to go through things like that. Like, why would I lose my son? <laughs> Why would I wake up to that? But I don't know the reason, and I don't know that I'll ever be okay where that area of my life is concerned. But I know that I can go through it with Jesus, and I don't have to feel alone about it, and I don't have to feel like I could have saved him, and I didn't. Um... So I've I've got to get some healing with a lot of things. You know, I, I thought I was dealing with everything on my own. I stood ten toes down with the devil for a long time, and I was strong. But when I came in, I was officially defeated. Like, y'all, I was sitting here thinking about looking in the mirror when I first came in, and I was, like, gray. I was so tired. <laughs> I was just so tired of fighting. I felt like I, were, I was fighting for things that people shouldn't have to fight for, you know, like family, um, love, just... Everything that you get from Jesus and, and and you're conditioned, you know, when you go through so much, you're like, so you're telling me that this guy is going to love me no matter what <laughs> for any reason just right now, and and it's unconditional. We're not, we don't have any conditions, and it's true. My light came back on, you, you know, like I, I'm happy. I, this, this year, 10 months of my life is the first time I've ever been single in my whole life. I still don't know myself. What I do know is that I get to know myself with Jesus. I don't get to know me how Jennifer wants to know me. You know, I get to know myself with Jesus, and I get to walk hand in hand with him every day. You know, it's um, it's just a beautiful thing. I really can't explain it. I just know 
that my hope is everybody can feel that way. And that addiction, you know, is, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I could go on and on and on because I have a lot to say, but I do thank y'all for letting me share my story with y'all. Here's Julie. So, hey, everybody. My name is Julie. Um, I'm actually from close by here. I'm from Tunica, Mississippi. Everybody knows where Tunica is, probably. A little old town of Tunica. <laughs> Um, so I was born and raised in Tunica. Um, I went to private Christian school there. So I grew up with the Lord, you know, instilled in me. My grandmother had me in church. I'm a member of the First Baptist Church there still. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't grow up. I grew up in a dysfunctional family because my dad was very abusive to my mother, my siblings. But my dad never laid a hand on me my entire life. I was the baby. And I was the one that, from the time that I can remember, the time I was five years old, um, to stand in between my mom and my dad fighting. And I was always the one that could get my dad to leave my mom alone. Um, but uh, my dad, where uh, that my siblings held a grudge towards daddy, um, my dad was my everything. He was my best friend, my uh, my fishing buddy, my everything. And um, so, so I, I was his sidekick, and he called me a monk. <laughs> so, um, I'll, anyways, um, so I grew up in Tunica, um, moved to Sinatobia, stayed in Sinatobia, and in an abusive relationship with the kid's daddy for um, 24 years. Um, he was very um, mentally abusive, physically abusive, um, to me, and um, he um, is an addiction as well. And anyway, so whenever my daughter was seven years old, I had not dabbled in anything. Um, you know, as a teenager and stuff, I drank and stuff like that. But as far as drugs, I was always the one that kept the kids whenever that stuff was going on. I was always the one, you know, to shelter everybody. And it's like, no, I don't want to be around that. Because I had grow up, you know, went to Tunic Academy. And I was just, I didn't grow up like that with drugs and stuff around. But um, the kid's daddy did. And so he introduced me when my... My daughter was seven years old. By the way, I have two beautiful babies. Um, my daughter is just godsend to me. Um, she is 25. Her name is Brianna. And I have Zachary that is about to be 18 on the 17th. And then I have my precious first time I have a grandbaby that is fisting to be two. She is my little peanut. And so um, that's what I call her, my little peanut. She she is just something. I could go on about her, though. <laughs> but um, So I have my beautiful baby. So when Brianna was seven years old, Brianna grew up with a mom who um, had, uh, when Brianna was a baby, um, I had gone back to the doctor for my checkup after having her, and this was in 98. And... Um, found out that I was pregnant again, but I was really, really sick with Brianna when I had her. I was on bed rest and almost lost her and myself, so my body was really sick, so I found out I was pregnant, and that's when my world just stood still. Um, 
the doctor sat in the doctor's office and told me um, his words were absolutely not. There is no way that you can have this baby because you will die and the baby will die. And he sat and looked at Brianna that was just a few weeks old in her car seat. And he said, you've got to go on and be a mother to her. So in that moment, the doctors chose for me not to be able to have the baby. And I went into the worst, deepest depression, just felt like I was in a dark hole, couldn't get out of it. Stayed in depression forever because I just, I had grown up with God instilled in me. I knew what the Bible said, and and I, I just felt like it was me. I didn't feel like it was the doctors. I felt like there was something that I could have done to, to have the baby. But... um. So I still deal with that um, to this day. And when my daughter graduated from high school, I was like, it, it just it, it just tormented to me because I was like, you know, I'm supposed to have another one graduating. And it still haunts me um, to this day that, I, you know, the doctor making that decision. But um, I call Brianna my angel baby because of the situation but um anyway and so at seven years old um brian um their dad introduced me to drugs um and that seemed to numb all the pain to, to what i had dealt with over the years and um i dabbled in and out of that um and just went downhill from there lost i uh, had a two-story house lost everything that i had um and then um, I finally just one day was riding down the road back from the drug dealer's house and said, I can't live like this anymore. Just I, please take me somewhere. And I called myself a uh, ride and um, took myself to rehab that day. And um, my addiction had um, dove into where I was an IV user and um, I uh, you know, so I was a drug addict for in the worst kind of way, and um, managed to you know keep my kids, not lose my kids. Um, managed to be a mom. I was what they call a functioning addict, and um, I just suffered, you know, for years since my my daughter's twenty five now, and since she was seven years old, I have dabbled in and out. I have been in and out of rehab three times. Um, thank God, um, I found saving grace, but. Um, the tragedies just can continue to go. Um, I lost my dad in 2017. He died in my arms after me taking care of him for a few years. He was sick. And then um, I, he died October of 2017 in my arms. Um, and I was already, you know, battling depression and drug addiction uh, over the years. Then January of 2018, my husband um who I'm estranged from now, um, beat me almost to death, broke my arm, cracked my skull, and threw me in jail for something that I didn't do in Florida. And I was from Mississippi, and my family didn't even know I was in Florida. Um, so I landed in jail, had never been in trouble in my life, um, and they threw me in the hole. And um, so that was the worst experience that I can imagine Um so I dealt with all of that. And then after that happened, I isolated. I stayed in one bedroom for two years. Uh, just couldn't come out of the darkness that I was in. I was clean uh, and sober from drugs, but I mentally was just not there anymore. And um, thank God, uh, God uh, has restored me. Um, I, I still dabbled back and forth. I went back to drugs. 
and um, and I got in trouble a year ago, uh, a year ago in August, and um, that's what saved my life. Um, I got into trouble, and um, God paved a way for me to find saving grace because my daughter actually picked me up for I was left somewhere, and she said, you know, you've got to go somewhere, and you've got to go somewhere today because I had gotten to the point to where mentally I was not there anymore. I could not function as a human being anymore. I couldn't bathe. I couldn't. I lost my apartment. I was sleeping in and out of my car. I ended up in a shed, and it was 12 degrees outside with nowhere to go so my daughter called saving grace and thank god um, miss jamie after me hanging up on her the first time miss jamie allowed me to come into saving grace and it has saved my life it has been the vessel that god used to save my life i should say and um since then my daughter you know had been estranged from me my daughter was embarrassed of me and since then, my restoration with my kids is amazing. Um, my daughter and I go shopping on my passes. Um, she is so excited for me to come home and to be with her. I can be the grandmother to my grandbaby now to where that they will not be, you know, scared to let me have her overnight or, you know, I can... You know, I can share in life with my kids now. I couldn't before. I mean, they were there, but I wasn't there. And thank God that I have a sound mind because I know what it's like to to not have one. And um, it's just been amazing. This program is, is a blessing, and this program has truly showed me um, the way, you know, a new way to think of myself. I, I no longer, um, I no longer harbor, um, you know, any kind of grudges and I no longer, um, suffer from nightmares. Um, I have PTSD and I can sleep at nighttime now, um, that I have the Lord, you know, in me and, I, I don't have to worry and look over my shoulder anymore for my husband who did that to me. I know that I'm going to be okay. I know that if I just walk with Jesus that I'm going to be all right now. And all I ever wanted to do was just live, and now I have the chance to. So thank you all for letting me share. Um, so... Saving Grace is, it's a nonprofit um, organization. Um, we don't receive funds from the state, the government, um, or anything. Um, like you saw in the video, we do crafts, and we do ones that are similar to this. Well, y'all saw them all walking in whenever y'all came in the door. So similar to this one, um, this one today we're going to give to the church. Um, so we're going to give that to you. And... Um, the great thing is about this program is, well, just to lay on, we have a table set up in the back, so if y'all want to stop by and uh, make a purchase or see what we have before y'all leave, um, we have woodwork, jewelry, um, we usually have hats and t-shirts and candles, but those are our hot items, so they sell pretty quick. Um, but, so throughout the week, the students, they make the items, um, but the main thing that Saving Grace just wants to be is a source of hope for women that are men. We have a men's home called Project Hope, um, a source of hope for people that are in addiction or people, if you know anybody or yourself that needs help, like we are completely available for free of charge. Um, we don't charge a monthly fee. If anybody like myself, when I came into the program, I went through our Texas Center 
Um, on December 11th, I'll be three years sober and clean, um, which is crazy because um, I am, was three, almost, I was homeless then, you know, and now I am a program director and get to like walk these ladies through the process and lead them to Jesus. And it's amazing. And, um, and the main thing that we do want the ladies to encounter when they're there is to have an encounter with God and to, um, to just come out of the darkness into the light and just grow the relationship with God. That's the most important thing while they're there and, um, going out and, Fundraising outside of Walmarts or truck stops and tractor supplies, if y'all ever see us anywhere, or we come into your business. Um, that's one of the ways that we, um, I found a lot of healing in that, pro in that, in that part of our program. Um, because you get to share your testimonies, you get to hear how many people are out there just like you that have the same problems that you have or their family they have family members that have the same problems that you had you know that you had and um and a lot of times we most of, a lot of the times we do get people that come into our program from the cards that we pass out on fundraising um and so we get to share testimonies we get to pray for people and then we get to come out to churches like y'all's and share our testimonies and have good food <laughs> um but it's just incredible, and we just really appreciate the time that y'all have given us to come out here and share our testimonies and to share about our program. Uh, we have cards, and we have, I have, I think I have some brochures. I have brochures um, that have information about our program. It has the website. It has our phone number on there. And if you just ever know of anybody that needs anything, we are 100, we are completely available. We have multiple locations, and most likely if they're in Mississippi, we want to move them out of like the state to our other locations, which um, I'm partial to Texas because that's where I'm from. Um, but Texas, Florida, Arkansas, and Tennessee is where our other locations are for women. And then for men, we have uh, Florida, Arkansas, and Texas, um, those locations. And we're about to have one in, in Alabama. So yeah, we're opening one in Alabama. So I just wanna thank you once again for allowing us to come out today. Well, let's just give them a big round of applause for being so vulnerable. Those are some of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. It was just amazing that I didn't need the box of tissues the whole time. Uh, wow. Our God is good. And that's what he does. He's, he saves us when we need saving and like you said, you get to see people all over the, wherever you go that are hurting like this. And I believe all of us have experienced, you know, at least some of that. We, we're broken people down here. Sin has ravaged this world, and it's, it just makes life difficult for all of us. And uh, I, I want to thank you guys for, for sharing with us and, and making a difference with your story. You know, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And when you share like that, you are encouraging everybody uh, that our God is good. And even in the darkest hours, you know, when Paul and Silas were at the midnight hour, he broke them free. He, he, he showed them the light. And he, light always overcomes darkness. And I don't know if there's anybody in here. It looks like mostly home folks today. But maybe you're online and you don't know Jesus. I would just tell you, cry out for him. 
That's what he does. He is light. There's no darkness in him at all. He's not going to be upset because uh, we make mistakes. He knows our frame. He knows the things that we faced and that we don't have all the answers until we meet him. But we can meet him, and he wants to meet you today. He wants to be everything for you today. And uh, even if you are saved and you're, you find yourself slipping back into some form of darkness, slipping back into some temptation, falling away, he's there. He's not the one moving. He's always there. We just have to recognize that he is still the light of our salvation. He is still the joy of our heart. He's still everything that we need him to be. And so if, you, if you'll cry out to him afresh today, he will meet you in your need. If you allow him, he will shine a light in your darkness. Because, you know, we're supposed to be a city on a hill. We're supposed to be, uh, he was the light of the world, and when he left, he said, now you're the light of the world. And uh, we, too, can share our testimonies. We, too, can... Uh, reach out to people in our community in every, every way, uh, sharing how good God has been to us. We have the words of eternal truth. We know where our, our light source comes from. So I would encourage you today to share that with somebody. Let me pray over you guys. Father, I pray over our people, and I pray over this Saving Grace ministry, these wonderful ladies who have shared so much with us it's not I don't take it as a light thing that they would be so open with us today they have bared their souls it encourages me father that, that each of us can do more to see that somebody else finds the light father I pray over that ministry that they would be blessed in every way possible financially mentally, physically, spiritually, that your presence will be so strong in their meetings, Father, that this will be a, going forward, they would recognize a greater anointing on, on their ministry. And I pray that over this church and our people as well. Each one of us would understand that the role that we can play with our testimony in, in our life and our, just, just the willingness to share it is a beautiful, beautiful thing we've witnessed here today, Father. Thank you for these people. Lord, I, as we take up an offering for this ministry, I pray that each one of us would be generous. I pray that we would dig deep and know that this is good soil. We see the fruit of what God is doing in their lives and doing through them. I feel my life has been touched and changed here today, and I I want to support this ministry. I want to, to bless them and see them thrive. I know that they're touching lives that I may never reach, but, but through them I can share in this blessing called Saving Grace. Father, thank you for, for letting our people be super generous. In Jesus' name, amen. to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. 
For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Thank you.